Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It is 2-22-22. My son's birthday, so he's celebrating all the twos. And for those geeks out there, uh, if you're in European time date format, you get to do some cool palindrome stuff. And even with well, the angiodome or something where it's upside down as well, which is pretty cool. Ambigram. Ambigram. That's what it is. See, too fancy for me. So anyway, we're up to episode 136. So thanks for joining wow. us. And I am Gavin Picken, senior software developer for Auto Solutions. And I'm joined by another senior software developer for Auto Solutions, Daniel Garcia. How's it going? It's great. And for any of you that thought Eric might be here, I am sorry to disappoint. You get me? <laughs> yeah, we just, uh, you know, bait and switch, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Eric just uh, didn't get back from one of his errands in time, so Daniel stepped up. So thanks, Daniel. See how many people are leaving right now because of it. Oh, uh, a lot of them. That's kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Well, yeah, well, first up, let's uh, thank our sponsors, Auto Solutions, the makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and almost every other box out there. And a few ways uh, we want to say thanks back to Auto Solutions are uh, we can like and subscribe on uh, to our videos on YouTube. And the big way right now, what we're doing is we're doing a Reach for the Stars promotion with Auto. So we want you guys to be able to uh, help us star and fork our repos. You want to tell us about some of those repos and the best way to do it? I do. So all of our repos, uh, the Coldbox platform, Content Box, Command Box, Docker Command Box, Test Box, QB, Quick, CBWire, CBWire, woohoo, and DocBox. If you pull up those links on GitHub, there's a little icon in the top right that says star. So if you go there and click star, you'll be doing us a solid and showing us some love, which we really appreciate. And I think there's something cool Eric did that you were going to mention, Gavin. Yeah, so... Um... Eric built this little command called command box dash GitHub. Uh, it's very, very new. So it doesn't even have a readme yet. We admit uh, it's pretty fresh. But the cool thing is it handles your uh, your login to GitHub. So you can do some uh, OAuth basically with the command box command. And then from there, if you run it inside of a directory, one of your repos, what it will do is it'll look for all your dependencies that you have from your box to JSON. It'll go out and actually find all the GitHub repos if they have them, and then it'll automatically star them for you if you want to. So it's pretty neat that it just, uh, you know, basically run this command, get it connected, and uh, if you use command box help, um, you can get all the information. So Eric says the command box help is fully documented. <laughs> the readme is not. So, yeah. But anyway, it's pretty cool. And that way, you know, you don't have to remember which ones am I using, which ones do I want to go star. Basically, if your app is running, uh, you know, several dependencies using box to JSON, just use that command box GitHub command and you can star them all really easily. And that just helps, you know, like a lot of people basically use stars as the way to say how popular something is. So let's get a few more of our CFML repos out there with stars and help the cold fusion numbers as well. So what I want to know is Eric, are you accepting all feedback or only positive feedback again? <laughs> we'll find out he says on there. Okay, so another way you guys can obviously help us out is subscribing to our podcast on your podcast app and leave us a review. 
Um, also sign up for a free or paid account on CFCast, which is releasing new content every week. And then you can buy Audis's book, 102 Callbox HMV Quick Tips and Tricks on Gunrobe. And we're up to, we're adding a new command box tip every week that Brad doesn't release his book. So we're up to 108 this week. So, oh, oh. so no a little inflation there for you, Brad. We'll see if he even listens. But anyway, so uh, we're hoping we can get that command box tips and tricks book out this decade. <laughs> uh, there's a other way that you can support us, and a lot of you are already doing that, and that's through Patreon. So we have 36 Patreon supporters, and they provide 96% of the, the funding for this podcast, which is awesome. Uh, and you can find out more on patreon.com slash solutions. We'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show where we spotlight, uh, you know, several of our patron supporters and mispronounce all their names. So anyways, let's get into it. So news and events. What do we got up first, Daniel? And let me tell you the first one. CB wire is on fire as is Grant Copley. So testing care front and CB wire components is now a piece of cake with their simple testing API using test box, just box install CB wire at bleeding edge. I'll paste the link on there. And also, you should follow Grant Copley on Twitter. He's been posting a ton of great CBWire goodness lately, and I'll post the link to his Twitter as well. Keep it up, Grant. You're nailing it, and hopefully you get more subscribers or followers. Yep, and so I'm just sharing for those watching the video, but um, you can see the test example here. So, you know, wire my component dot set this property to some value, then you call some action, and then you assert that you're going to see this pop up in your component. So it's pretty cool, um, you know, pretty standard test methods, some toggling, some calling emits, assert see, assert don't see. So, you know, it should be pretty, pretty familiar. And uh, you'll see it in the bottom corner here, the next, uh, oh, the other item on the list here is Turbo. So he mentioned that in a couple of tweets too. So he's doing a lot of great work on it. Um, should be worth uh, checking it out. I always say check it out. I'm trying to not say that just like you and you're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yep, exactly. So yeah, so CB wires are uh, looking really cool. I need to play with that some more. But some other cool stuff that we have uh, coming out. So obviously Content Box 5 has been a big release lately and everything. And uh, we've been doing a lot of work with Elasticsearch um, for quite some time. And now we have a new module, the Content Box Elasticsearch search provider. So now you can have those search capabilities in Content Box powered by Elasticsearch. Um, so it, it makes it pretty easy to, to add things like, you know, ingesting PDFs and MS Word documents, other document formats, as well as setting up your database, you know, for, for better searching. And so that is available up on ForgeBox. Um, we're, we found an issue. We moved the repo from one, uh, one organization to another. So we're updating the box.json. So uh, if you don't get it, uh, just check back. But basically it's under the, the content box modules repo uh, organization, not the Audis organization now. So, but that is up there and it's pretty cool. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later though. Yep, you know it works if you click the link and you can see it. So, uh, our next item is Lucy 53980 Release Candidate 1. This release finally removes all traces of Log4j1. And so we've got a new build with Command Box 5.5 Alpha, which is 100% free of Log4j as well, version 1. So please um, go on and help us test it, download it, check it out. I'll post the links. And it is exciting. Great work, everyone. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, and that's a it's a big release in the Lucy five five three nine stuff. Uh, Brad's got a ton of uh, queer of queer optimizations in there as well, so it's a big release. But the log for J one is a, a big thing, and as uh, Brad said in his tweet, get those infosick monkeys off your back. So definitely uh, pretty cool. So it's good to see that. Okay, we also have uh, this week we have quite a few webinars going on. So the Audis webinar, What's New in Command Box 5 with Brad Wood. He's going to be speaking on the 24th, which is Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And so be uh, talking about Command Box and all the new features in Command Box 5X. And tune in to find out, uh, make sure you're getting the most out of your CLI. There's a lot of cool stuff. Brad's always adding lots of interesting and crazy things to it. And with all the extensions and modules we have for it, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So um, we can go to autosolutions.com slash events slash webinars and find a list of all our webinars. And our previous webinars are available on CFCast as well. And if you can't make this one, this one will be posted there as well. We also have a new... Uh, Meetup for a new meetup group. You want to tell us about that, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. I think this might be the newest CFUG I've heard about. The Hawaii CFUG has a meeting coming up using CFCs, your CF applications with John Barrett. So it's February 25th, it's on Friday, 5 p.m. Central Time. I'm not sure what time that'd be Hawaii time, but Central Time is the time I like the most. So uh, basically, be a talk on using your CFCs and your applications, why they're cool, why they're good for reuse, well organized code check that out. I'll post the link to the meetup as well as the brand new CF Hawaii CFUG website. Yep. And uh, I saw him post a few pictures online um, and some tweets saying that they've actually got like an in-person location. It looks pretty neat. They're hoping nice. to get some people actually in person. You know, we've got a lot of online stuff, you know, happening these days, obviously, but it's good to see some, some in-person things happening where it's safe to do so, obviously, but uh, it's cool. So I don't know how many developers there are in Hawaii, but it's a good reason to go so i might have to check my schedule <laughs> okay we also have a an adobe webinar coming up so cloud report using uh cloud report building using cold fusion and pdfs so mark takata is going to be talking about using the w cold fusion and the w pdfs um, to build the no code data sources uh, he'll be connecting to google streets generating pdfs based on uh, all that information using charting and everything else this really ties into the blog series which we'll be talking about soon um, but graphql um, cfml pdf services are all going to be used so uh, you want to see how he brings it all together that's thursday the 24th at 10 a.m pacific time and so it looks like you got a couple a couple of good webinars this week absolutely and john asked about if bill is still over there uh, i think he is for a while longer but i think he might be heading stateside again yeah i think he's on the big island i'm not sure um i have to look and see which island um john barrett's meetup is actually on obviously multiple islands Okay. So speaking of workshops, we have another one coming up. Um, join the Adobe Workshop to learn how you and your agency can leverage CF to amazing results. Uh, we already had one last week. You missed it on the 16th with Brian Sappy, but we got one coming up on Wednesday, March 9th at 9 a.m. Central European time with Damien Brundunks. Um, I'll be posting the link for that as well as the full list of all of these. And when I'll be happy after March 9th, I can stop butchering his name. <laughs> no, you can't because he's got one in April, May, and June scheduled as well. But we're just not posting all the dates every week. Uh, 
I don't see any more for Brian coming up, but I'm sure that they'll have another one scheduled soon. Um, but they have additional webinars and everything listed on that, that web link that you're posting there too, under the full list. So yeah. Okay. So there's quite a lot of news, but let's check out the CFCast. So cfcast.com, uh, we've got some new content this week as well. Absolutely. So just released using DocBox commands. Uh, it's a nice quick video on how to use DocBox commands to generate documentation using CommandBox. I think that's Michael Bourne um, giving that one. And it's a nice, cool, soothing voice. Well, certainly help reassure you and why it's awesome. Ah, I did it. That's one. Using DocBox commands and CommandBox. Yep, it's a uh, DocBox is really cool, and once you get the you know the mapping set up to run the command, like it's it's pretty neat. That was the hardest part was just to get all the mapping set up because obviously DocBox looks at your code and your code understands where other code lives to connect to it, and so if the the command box runner doesn't know where all your um, modules are, then it gives a couple of headaches. But uh, Michael does a great job showing it is how this works, so it's it's really cool. DocBox is a good little tool. Um, helps you, you know, learn about your code through self-documentation, basically. So yep. it's a six minute video. So just go watch it and then learn. Also, Scott was asking if Brian's re uh, workshop was recorded. I do not know. I did paste the link for that on there. So if there are, it'll hopefully be in there. Um, but we don't know. We can try and follow up with maybe Mark on that and see. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know the webinars, I think they, they do have the links to watch them later, but I do not know about the workshops. Okay, so next up, let's talk about some conferences. And we have Diff Nexus coming up uh, in April, so April 12th through 14th in Atlanta, Georgia. Brad and Luis will both be speaking. Luis will be speaking about Alpine JS, declare on React with simplicity. And Brad will be talking about what's a pull request, contributing to open source. So I wonder, uh, wonder what he's done to update this. This is a talk that he did quite a while ago for several conferences in the cold fusion world. Um, we got a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of good feedback too, because a lot of people, uh, you know, don't really work with open source. They sort of work in their community and their, in their job and, you know, everything's done that way. And a lot of people aren't using Git and everything. So it's, it's a good, good talk for sure. Yeah. I also want to see Luis's Alpine GS. Um, Sasha, I've been learning that lately, and it's pretty cool. I was surprised how cool that was. Um, I don't yeah. know if you've used it yet, but... No, I haven't. I know it's all over the new content box, and I've been busy on customer projects where I haven't had time to dive in, and I have to do that. I used to be big into content box. I just haven't had time, so I need to catch up on all the awesome stuff Luis has been doing to it. But uh, yep. if you go to devnexus.com, you can check it out and find out more information about it. Uh, they got a lot of good information in here. So, and it's uh, part of what we do at Audis is we, you know, we try and look at other languages, other workshops, other uh, conferences to try and learn and see what we can do to, you know, improve Cold Fusion. There's a lot of things we love about Cold Fusion, but there's things we can learn from everything else too. So we try to, you know, see what everybody else is doing and, you know, learn from that and bring the best back to Cold Fusion. So that's another reason that Brad and Luis have been going to that conference for a long time. Absolutely. And I know this next one, I know you're pretty excited about, Gavin. I don't know if you're going to it, but the Vue.js uh, Vue conference in Fort Lauderdale, um, June 8th through 10th this summer. Uh, their motto is Beach Code View, but View V-U-E, not just the view of the beach. Um, there's a workshop day on June 8th with the main conference on the 9th and 10th. The call for presenters is still open. 
deadline is next week on the 28th, us.bujs.org. Yep, I sure hope I can get there. That'll be right before my birthday, so I have to see if I can make it work. Just got to figure out everything with the summertime and planning and everything, but looking at this site here for those watching, it does look pretty inviting. So, Mm. uh, yep, uh, it's obviously Evan Yu is the the host, but there's a lot of great stuff, and I really want to dive more into View 3. We've been doing a lot of View 2, and... You know, I need to step up my game. So I think getting immersed with all the View 3 content there will be a great way to sort of start that process. Okay, we also have tentative dates for Into the Box uh, 2022. We're looking at September 27th through the 30th. And then we have Into the Box Latam, which is tentatively December 1st and 2nd. We'll get more information as we get closer, but just wanted to give you guys an idea. That's when we're planning it. So if you need to, like, you know, start reminding your boss that you're going to have the conference coming up, you know, start mentioning those dates. Uh, don't plan any vacations or anything around there. Just, you know, pencil us in so we can get that. As far as we know, that end of the box, will be in Texas somewhere. Yep. It should be right there in Houston. We are looking at a new venue and we're hoping to actually go try out the possible new venue for a little mini Audis retreat uh, coming up. So hopefully we can check that out. And if we like it as much as uh, we hope we do, that might be our new venue friends of the box. So if it is, I'm pretty excited about that option. So we'll tell you more as we know more, but yeah. Okay, well, in. More conferences. If you need more conferences, um, go to comps tech so it has a huge list of conferences from almost any language community i will post that link last year we did have it in the box on there um i saw that they posted the adobe summit on there as we get more conferences coming up um we'll be posting there as well perfect okay next up let's talk about some blogs tweets and videos of the week so the first one we have from Ville de Bruin, and he's going to be talking about some CBRM event handling, tracking some issues with Lucy. So this one is pretty interesting. Um, if you're not using CBRM, maybe you're not that excited about it. Um, but it was an interesting one. I tried to help um, debug some things with him, and uh, we found out that was not the issue. But uh, a lot of the times when you're starting up RM stuff, the settings have to fire like immediately, basically when the you know the server starts up. And a lot of times, Coldbox hasn't initiated um, all the mappings for the module, so you have to make sure you have a mapping to CBORM and point to the right place before, basically at the time the server starts up. But that wasn't the issue. So I guess. Um, Vil said that he found, long story short, this little bit of code in 6.5, which basically checks to see if a Coldbox app key exists by looking in the CB Bootstrap to get the Coldbox app key. And by doing this, because the application doesn't exist when you're in the on-application start, that triggers the on-request start to start before the on-application start is finished, which should not happen but apparently in lucy it does and that's where all the issues were so basically on request start was happening before on application started finished from what i understand of what i was reading here so um we might need to make a little change to cbrm to handle that better um there's an option to try and fix you know the issue in lucy itself to try and stop that from happening so um but phil said that 6.5 was already been out since july 9th and uh, obviously, not many people have, have seen it or run into it, and it might just be that they're not using the the Audis CBRM event handler. And if you're not using that one, um, you know you're not using the interception points, then you don't have to worry about it. But if you have any other event handler here, it seems to work fine. So, um, 
I know that uh, Zach was asking asking if the bug was um, being there as well. Um, basically, we filed the bug, and I think Bill was basically looking at the point, making it publicly known so we could figure out what we should do. So right now, there uh, I don't know if he's filed the bug yet. I don't think so. But he's bringing it to everyone's attention so we can try and get it resolved. So I thought that was a you know a really good post to put out there, and then we can try and figure out you know the best way to work around it and, and go from there. So so I'm not sure how many people are using the ORAM event handler stuff, but I thought it was pretty neat. So when you're adding uh you know when you're actually creating new entities, you can you know catch that capture that event and like mix some stuff into it. But I guess it's uh, that new six five change just seemed to to break a few things just by you know triggering triggering something which shouldn't probably happen so hey, it looks like will is gonna file a bug and zach's psa is they love detailed bug reports yeah as do we all yeah exactly and so like i said i know will's been trying to figure out what what the issue was for a while now so it's great to, to get that out there and if you run into the same thing you know it's nice when you find someone else in the same issue and you can you know work together to try and get it resolved. So uh, we're definitely appreciative of, you know, all those steps and hopefully we can get it resolved soon. Okay. We also had another one from uh, Ben. So Ben Adele storing encryption key version as a prefix on the encrypted field in MySQL. So this was an interesting one. Uh, and so this goes back to an older one he mentioned where, you know, he was upgrading, um, encryption keys because they wanted to to rotate them out and so basically he would go through this process of creating a new database field uh, putting the you know the version in there and then basically run a script to go through and you know change all the change everything up to the new version and then basically remove it and so he had this whole process and uh, so this is basically him just looking at what he was doing and how he could make it better because he didn't feel great with the database schema migration piece and so he was looking at things like bcrypt, which actually stores the algorithm, the computational cost, the salt, and the hash all together in one string. So that way you always know, just looking at this, the, the information, what's there. And so he talked about that. And then obviously he's like, well, I don't want to put too much information in the variable because then it makes it easier for someone to decrypt because this is uh, the stuff he was doing with was encrypt and decrypt. So this way, Basically, he was thinking about abstracting it, but it was kind of a, an interesting, you know, approach. And I mean, I do like that with bcrypt. It was much easier to to work with bcrypt than it was some of these other, you know, uh, database setups where you had three or four fields for the passwords. So if you change the password, you just make sure everything else uh, did that, you know. So um, basically, it was a nice blog post. So uh, it's definitely one of those things you come up with, uh, you know. Security-wise, you've got to look at you know abstracting away the details that you don't want people to have, but also making sure that things are up to date and you're rotating everything. So it's a good blog post. I really really like that one. Makes me think. Ben always makes me think. So okay, and I did post that on there. Um, we got another blog entry. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so please help me, Gavin. It's Gray Desmond. Yeah, it's probably not right, but that's what I would say. So, yes, yes. Sorry. Sorry if I messed that up. Um, rounding large numbers for user display. Let me go ahead and post that in here. Uh, so, basically, we need to display simpler rounded values of large numbers, like, say, a billion or 10 billion or even millions. Uh, a lot of times in the table, you don't want to see a string that's like that long. 
And so what he's suggesting is being able to divide by a billion or a million, depending on your string, to get a much smaller number that's easier to display. And then if you do need decimals, just use number format with the correct mask, and then that'll also route it for you. Um, so yeah, a nice little, you know, when you read it, it's like, oh yeah, of course that works. But sometimes we don't really, you know, think about these things. And it's a great example of a simple solution to a uh, what could have been a more complex problem. Yeah, that's the thing you said is like I got stuck on something which ended up being extremely simple, you know. But sometimes you got to look at the look at the problem from different angles, you know, and then something might pop up. So very cool. Okay, so we have another one from Ben Adele, and this one is about irrational guilt of returning queries from his data access layer in ColdFusion. And so I actually tweeted a couple more things to him about this uh, afterwards because. You know, it's one of those things we, you know, we at Audis, we're always like, you know, command box is great. You can do this, you can do that. And this is good. And, you know, dependency injection and all these other things. And sometimes I think people, you know, get rubbed the wrong way. But we're just trying to give you, you know, make sure that you have access to all the information. But in the end, you know, it's your choice and how you want to implement things. And that's something Ben sort of felt here is like, you know, these things have worked and, you know, these things have been good for him, but he feels, feels guilty about it. And so this one here, you know, he's basically like, you know what, this guilt is stupid, you know? And that's what I was trying to say to him. It's like, it's okay to choose, you know, everything has pros and cons, but in the end, you've got to make the best decision for your app and your, your company and you've got to maintain it. And so, you know, you don't, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and start from scratch all the time. So anyway, so this is five reasons that he thinks, you know, it's okay to do what he's doing and you know, it is. So, so basically he talks about how he leans heavily on the database and it's fusion application. So, you know, having queries being returned, it's not that bad. You know, he's got a dependency on it and that's okay. And queries are just structures, you know, they're just like everything else. And query objects don't make testing harder. And the service layer is still a black box to the rest of his application, so that's okay. And, you know, the Confusion Query Optics is wonderful, and he's okay with that. So this was just sort of him justifying it, and, you know, some people say, you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense to, to change everything, you know. There's a lot of things at work, and you've got to figure out if, if all the, the changes that you might do, just because everyone else is doing it, if they're actually worth it or not. You know, I've got some legacy apps where I've added Wirebox and Logbox and everything because they were really, really important. But I haven't changed my whole MVC yet. You know, there are other things that I could do that I haven't done because, you know, it's not it's not the be-all, end-all just to use the latest and greatest, you know? Just like Whole Fusion, right? Otherwise, none of us would be using it because it's not the latest and greatest. So you got to make sense, you know, weigh it up. And so this has been just talking about that. And, you know, it's a good post. And so, anyway, I just wanted to make sure people know that, yeah, just because we, you know, we obviously preach all the things we have because we've built tools to solve problems doesn't mean you have to use them all, you know, like there are other things out there. There's use cases that make perfect sense for not using some of the things we talk about, but we want to make sure you at least know about them because if you don't know about something, you can't choose it or use it or learn from it. So. Absolutely. You know, you had made a comment about don't throw baby out the baby out the bathwater. I'm trying to remember the reference. There was something like, you know, because all you have is an angry wet baby. <laughs> I don't know why that's like sticking in my head. I got to look that up later. But yeah. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> anyway, so we got Mark Takata with Adobe. Um, we've got a couple of blog series um, that he's been doing. The first one is building a data import 
using cloud data source and CFML. Um, basically, the app will take a non-database data source, in our case, case uh, Google Sheet, import that spreadsheet into his data flow into tables, and then allow the user to work with that data and push it into an online database. Uh, I think it's using AWS DynamoDB for that, because yep. the next blog entry is part one of building a data import workflow using cloud data sources and CFML. Um, so to carry on the first blog post, it's basically him implementing the steps of importing that data um, using the cloud web data sources and CFML, and it starts by using AWS and DynamoDB. So I will post both of those out there so you can start following along. Yep, and he actually has a couple of um, little Twitch videos that he's doing for some of these two. And so, actually, I missed a couple of these previously. Uh, Charlie mentioned to me, I don't know how I missed them, but uh, Charlie's great about making sure all the good content gets out to us. So I signed up for the little RSS feed, so it should email me now. So hopefully I won't miss as much. Um, but yeah, so he's got a good little um, good little series coming in here. Um, and like I said, he's doing some live coding videos as well. So it's pretty neat. Obviously, he's got his webinar coming up this week as well, which is um, very similar content. So he's really, you know, covering this all really well. Okay, so next up we have another one from blog, uh, from blog, sorry, from Ben Adel. I'm reading <laughs> another blog from Ben, how about that? And so this one is um, ignoring loopback WebSocket events from Pusher and Lucy. And so uh, he's been using WebSockets for over a decade now, which is kind of crazy. I know that we're, you know, CFML, we've had WebSockets for a while. Giancarlo Gomez is like the WebSocket guy in the whole fusion world. And he does a lot of uh, speaking at conferences about that. But uh, so Ben's been using Pusher um, and it's a SaaS product or whatever. And as he says, it takes away all the complexity around it. And so one of the things he came up with though is basically if you have two browsers and you're firing one from one event, it'll, you know, it'll fire out WebSockets will push it to all the browsers connected and sometimes it'll repaint or like basically reprocess on the one that started it. So if you started on browser two, you know, send the WebSocket, then on browser one, it, it processes it and then browser two, it'll reprocess it, even though you just sort of took care of it. So he just talked about a, a way that he uses a, you know, a browser header to sort of take care of that. And, um, but I just thought it was neat looking at uh, how he's using WebSockets and, you know, so WebSockets are pretty cool. We're using them with some RabbitMQ for some clients and I know there's built-in ones with, you know, Adobe and everything, but it's kind of neat to see some other alternatives out there. So another good blog post from Ben. Yep. And then we got another one from Mark Takata uh, using GraphQL to interact with Google Sheets using BaseQL. Um, basically, you no longer need to uh, pro table error count um, and base SQL now Base QL man, now yeah. supports Google Sheets as a data source. Uh, Mark goes on to show how to work with it. Let me paste that link. I've never used Base QL, and I am just getting used to saying Base QL. Apparently, yeah. I mean, Mark's on a big GraphQL kick lately, and this is part of it. And there's that's why there's some hints that uh, the next version of Adobe might have some GraphQL stuff built in directly. But uh, yeah, he was the previous blog post, which I think we did talk about. We didn't miss that one. Was talking about how he used it with Airtable APIs, and obviously it's a paid service. And so, um, yeah, this one's using with Google Sheets, and he builds on top of it in that other blog series you talked about. Um, but here you see that he's got his uh, Twitch TV account there. Mark Takata is on Twitch, and uh, you know, check it. 
you might want to follow him if you're on Twitch because uh, he does some live coding stuff. Um, so I don't know if he's got the recording there or not on this one, but um, sort of he works through that. And he did mention that this is uh, highly beta tested, you know, <laughs> um, so don't go in production yet. Um, but yeah, that does look like a, you know, a cool way to work with it. And uh, GraphQL is really cool. I heard a lot about it. You know, a couple of years ago, it was really big. So I haven't heard as much about it lately. I don't know if it's just falling out of flavor or if everyone's, uh, you know, just using it so much now that we just don't hear about it because it's already cool. But uh, Mark's definitely doing a lot with it. So it's kind of neat. Okay. And then we have another one too from Mark. And this one just here is about learning about CFML. And so... Uh, a lot of times we get asked, you know, what should you go check out? And so Mark gives sort of a, a pretty good rundown of some of the learning resources available. Um, you know, so these ones are like the Adobe Certified Professional, the the webinars they have, Learn CF in a Week, Modern CFML 100 Minutes, you know, the CF Docs, uh, the Adobe ColdFusion Docs, and of course the Adobe ColdFusion YouTube channel. There's probably a lot more out there, but this is a pretty good base, you know, so uh, when anyone asks, this is a, a good list to give them for sure. So very cool to see Mark, you know, sharing a lot of community resources there too, not just the Adobe stuff. And I see, I think Eric was commenting on GraphQL maybe, saying front-end developers love it, back-end developers, dot, dot, dot. Yep, that's what I'm curious what the ColdFusion implementation will do because we looked at doing some stuff with it. I know Mark, um, oh, just his name's just gone from me. Oh, man. Hate it when that happens. Which thing? Um, yeah, basically, uh, Mark Drew, I think it was, did uh, some work on GraphQL a few years ago when it first came out, and was working with it. Um, and basically, you know, it wants to be wants to work with your data source. It can spread across lots of different data sources. And, and like Eric said in the chat, that you know, it's tough because the front end team wants to basically have a system that can generate any SQL and be lightning fast. And when you're, you know, going across multiple data sources and types and you've got to figure out the best way to query it, it's really hard to do. So you can make it work, but not necessarily fast. You know, and if we're if Adobe's doing it, I'm wondering how they're gonna tie it into, you know, CB uh, sort of like hibernate, because obviously that's your data mapping. And if it is, then you still need to make sure your ORM is, you know, really good. And, you know, there's, there's options there, but I'm curious how they would approach it because implementing it can be tricky. And like Eric said, implementing it and making it work fast is a different story completely. So, but it's really cool to see all this stuff out there and, um, yeah, kind of curious how it'll work. And I think I just found a typo on Mark's email. <laughs> I mean, his blog post. <laughs> It said CMFL, so we might need to let them know about that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not the only one. It Thanks, happens Kevin. to all of us. Okay, so let's do uh, CFML, find a job. So getcfmljobs.com has 42 listings there from the last few weeks. And how many new ones we got this week? One new job listed. It's a full-time position, Co-Fusion developer at Kochi Karadaram. India on February 18th. I actually looked that up on the Wikipedia and that's how they said to pronounce it, or at least how my ears heard how to pronounce that. Yep. There's a, you know, quite a few job posts here recently. Um, so go check that out. And also I believe Autis still has a couple of jobs posted there on their site as well. So we have the, on about us slash careers, 
And I think we're looking for a position in the US time zone and also in El Salvador team. So let me share my screen for those watching and we'll see if I'm right. Yep, so we have a senior Confusion CFML developer and a USA team. And again, the USA time zone is a must uh, and the citizen or resident work visa is a must for the US job. But we also have the El Salvador team. And so web designer, if you can read all this, then maybe you can apply. Yep, so a couple of jobs. A nice perk, you get to work with people like Gavin and Eric and Grant and others. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a big perk from working with this team. It's nice to surround yourself with people who are, you know, really good and passionate people as well. So, you know, there's always something to be learned from someone else. So, um, yeah, and Eric says we're perma-hiring for <laughs> awesome developers. That's true. We're, we're definitely wanting to keep growing our team and... Uh, we got a pretty good team and we just want to keep making it bigger and better. Okay. So next up, let's talk about Forgebox module of the week. Okay. So we, I think we mentioned this earlier, uh, elastic search for content box. Let me get the link to you. It's a content box module provides elastic search capabilities um, for content box CMS. I'll be basically able to ingest attachment plugins for Elasticsearch and capabilities of searching PDF, MS Word, other supported documents from what you specify. Yep, it's uh, definitely a big a big improvement. We we love working with the CB Elasticsearch stuff. John and uh, Michael Bourne and Eric have done a lot of work over time and we've implemented it for lots of different uh, clients now. And so bringing it into content box is uh, pretty cool. So. There are a lot of features, uh, as it says in the readme, it's really nice if you want to uh, use environment variables to send things and you can use the setting structure like this, uh, but a lot of times you need to re-init so the engine can pick up all those settings as it needs to. Um, but we do have uh, a Docker. If you want to get up and running with the Elasticsearch, you can do that there. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool tool. And um, I know that we've got a couple of webinars, I think, uh, about it and, you know, just Elasticsearch in general. And I'm sure we'll be doing more. It's a, it's a big plus for, for content box. Okay. So next up, let's talk about our VS code hint, tip and trick of the week. And so this one here, Brad might want to roll over in his grave, but, uh, we're talking about live server. So live server is an alternative to our command box server when you're doing some, uh, less codey things. So live server um, is basically a nice, easy way to work with um, your code. You know, if you're doing templates or you're looking at certain things on your sites, um, you can basically make changes, save it, and it'll automatically update, just like a lot of other tools have. And so that's built into VS Code. Um, the cool thing is you can do it with dynamic pages. So we haven't obviously upgraded the ColdFusion stuff in here, but I'm wondering if we could sort of tie into an existing command box server and, and sort of look for some updates there. Um, but I know, I think someone did something where there was like some on save, it would try and reload browsers. But anyway, so there is, there is some option for that in the future, but right now it's really good if you're doing some, you know, template design or, you know, CSS stuff, or if you've got other things, uh, a lot of times, with CFMA, CB mail services, we get emails popping in, or if you're using uh, the test visualizer and you're, you know, you want need to view that in a browser for the visualizer to, to read your test JSON content in, it's nice to have a browser. And, you know, sometimes it's 
nice to just click a button like go live here in the bottom and not have to worry about uh spinning up command blocks for this little thing so maybe maybe that's what so scott said there's a browser sync module so maybe that's another alternative that we could uh sync up with the browser and then that way when you're changing code so that's in forgebox so yep so i think uh yeah, so maybe that's already there. Uh, Scott said in Forgebox there's a browser sync that we could tie into, so pretty oh, cool. But yeah, but this is a nice one, like I said, for for those sites or pieces of your site which isn't uh, necessarily running command box server, you could use that. So it has like 20 million downloads, so it's a pretty cool little uh, little plugin, and uh, it makes sense in the you know a certain world for sure. I just pasted the link Scott mentioned to browser sync. I'm going to check that out. Okay. I had that recently. So we're adding that to the show notes too. So uh, again, sometimes you don't need live server. Uh, you can use command box, <laughs> but for those of you who aren't using command box and this might use, you know, meet a need or, or whatnot, um, it'd be pretty cool. So I know that uh, using things like Quasar, they have that built in and it's really nice to make some changes, save it and everything reload. So there we go so the vs code live server or use browser sync with command box nice i'm still jazzed about the whole uh command box supporting engine none just using it as a straight up html or yeah. static yeah that is that is pretty cool i just yeah like i said i like to have quick access to things so mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't use command box so this is another option for them and yeah i don't know why not, I know why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I had time to check it out. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, last but not least, let's uh, thank all our Patreon supporters. Yep. So these individuals are personally supporting our open source initiatives to ensure that great toolings like Commandbox, Forgebox, Codebox, Contentbox, Testbox, and everything box that we put out there and keep getting the continuous development they need and funds the cloud infrastructure our community that which relies on Forgebox for package management with Commandbox. I got to read that better next time. I apologize, everyone. But you can support us at Patreon here at patreon.com slash Ordis Solutions. I'll get the link out there. And yep. that is there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And you do get some perks with it now. So uh, we do have a 10% uh, for annual memberships. So if you want to save 10% with that. Um, we have bronze packages and up now get forgebox pro accounts and see if cast subscriptions it's a perk for the patreon subscription all patreon supporters have a profile badge on the community website which is community.autosolutions.com you also have their own private forum on their community website for all those patreon supporters too so you get a little special access to to us from being a patreon supporter so uh, we thank you for for that and we have a new supporter so peter Ameri um it's the latest <laughs> sign up so thank you for your new patronage and uh yeah so let's go through the names you want to do the honors today daniel i absolutely will so first up is john wilson from synaptrix eric hoffman gary knight mario rodriguez giancarlo gomez david bellinger dan cod jonathan parrot jeffrey mcgee with sunstar media six dean mounder joseph lemery Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Lakshmi Turtahadi, Kar Van Stetten, Jeremy Adams, Didier Lesnicki, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, Ben Nadell, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, 
Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Diger, Sean Odin, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Mongi, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter Amiri. Yep. Thank you guys so much. It's really great to have the support here. And uh, if you want to, you can go to allsolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors to find out more about it. So very cool. I see Peter joined the podcast. Hey, Peter, welcome. Yeah, good to see him in here. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, thanks, everyone, for chatting it up in the chat with us live every week. We're on YouTube. So if you guys can join us, it's great. But for those listening on the podcast, we still appreciate you, too. And uh, sorry for all the video comments that you can't see. But uh, that happens. But uh, great. Appreciate everybody. You guys have a great week. And we'll see you all next week. Enjoy your Tuesday. I will, too. Have a good one, everybody. Good night. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.